Hi, everyone. This is the Love Your Career podcast. I'm Lauren Severus, CEO of Love Recruitment and Love Care Recruitment. And the aim of this podcast is simple. We want to give you the best advice from industry professionals to help you grow and love your career. We want companies to be able to take guidance on improving their recruitment process and for individuals to pick up knowledge, hints, tips of how to progress their career. We do this by letting our guests tell their stories. Thank you for listening. Truly, we hope you learn to love your career. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Love Your Career podcast. Today's guest I'm really, really excited about is a a fantastic human uh, called Alex Hudson. I've known Alex uh, for almost a decade, and I've recruited for him and know him really well, and I'm so happy to call him a friend. Uh, He's also a recruitment partner with us here at Love Care Recruitment. Alex has got a fantastic background. He's worked his way through from sports coaching, site management, regional management, and head of, and he's now head of talent and retention for Junior Ventures Group UK, which is um, in, in, a, in a slightly different guys formerly known as Fit for Sports. And what I love and what I think is a slightly unique element of this episode, and something I see work successfully many times, is Alice has got a fantastic background in operations. He knows so much. And he's now taken that into talent and recruitment within the business and bringing those skills and knowledge of what good looks like um, into their recruitment and retention processes. And we certainly dive into that. And, and it's a really, really good discussion. So hope you enjoy. Um, and thank you again for listening to the Love Your Career podcast. Mr. Alex Hudson, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. So, so happy to have you on the podcast. I've wanted you on it for a while. We've had to rearrange it a couple of times. So thank you so much for coming in. Just just as an intro, I have always, always loved recruiting for you. Um, it was an absolute pleasure to deal with um, as a recruiter supporting you, but as a partner. And we've made some great recruitment decisions together. And days and events over the over the years together over the years and it's just been an absolute absolute delight and you've become a real friend during that process so thank you um and it's just as i said it's a delight to have you here today no thank you for having me yeah it's been the, the pleasure's all mine dealing with the dealing with people so passionate you know Absolutely. that's what it's all about so um we'll start with the question we always start with on this podcast it's love your career podcast have you loved your career so far yeah i think um you know looking back on uh you know the career i've had has um it's been quite a sort of linear trajectory there haven't been too many deviations <laughs> uh from the organization so yeah i've been um been in the same organization now for coming up to 17 years so hopefully that gives an indication that yeah i very much in, enjoy what i do especially in a in a sector that is challenging um but again you know i think that gives a gives a, a sort of um an example of when you yeah. enjoy something, stick, stick with it. And is it, it's probably better both, but is it the organisation or is it the sector in which you work, you're so passionate about? Yeah, I think it's a bit of both yeah. because along the along the way, I've done some additional coaching and work with kids in the evenings and weekends and yeah. those sorts of things. But I think um, the key for me and, and probably my longevity within the organization is the type of people that I've been working with over the years. Absolutely. Um, and you know, you've had a couple of them on, on this show already. Um, but when you're working with people that have that sort of, uh, 
sort of infectious enthusiasm for the impact that you can make on kids' lives and, and, and people. Uh, it's hard not to be swept up on the bandwagon and, and make sure that you uh, you live the dream as well. So, yeah. I did pre-warn you that you'll see me scratching down questions as we go, and I've already written yeah. down two already. That's good. But before we get to those two, can you talk us through talk us through that so 17 years? Because obviously, clearly, you said linear, clearly has. you progressed rapidly and consistently to a very senior role within the business. Can you talk us through those 17 years? Yeah, I mean, it seems quite uh, hard to sort of recollect exactly uh, the, the journey it's, it's been. But, um, I mean, I suppose prior to, to joining Fit for Sport 17 years ago and, and now being uh, at JAG as we are now, um, you know, prior to that, I've always wanted to do jobs that I enjoy. Uh, and I think that's carried on to, to where I'm at now even through like qualifications that you end up doing and through school you know i've always thought you either do something that you enjoy or you do something that's going to get you a job and luckily i've managed to do both but um historically my passion's always been around sport sports coaching developing people and nurturing uh people to be to be better than they were previously and i think when you find an organization that allows you to do that then you know, you, you run with it. And, and again, prior to working at JAG, I'd, I'd done some work at sort of community development up in my hometown, up in Warwickshire, yeah. um, which again, gave me that sort of adrenaline hit that only being in front of 20, 30 kids and seeing their reaction can can give you when, when they're really absolutely loving playing out in the field and, and doing the activities that you, that you do. And once you've done that and you've enjoyed it, you start to think, yeah, this is, this is better than sitting lifeguarding which was fun again but mainly because of the people you're working with um sitting on the side of a pool watching people swim up and down and then cleaning the changing rooms wasn't my idea of fun but being in a great team with like-minded people and and having having fun is is great and that's um yeah similar to what i've managed to do all the way through my career is surround myself with people that are like-minded and and again starting off at, at jag as an activity leader working in the summer holidays um you know my my first interview was with Craig Jones who you've had here you know again didn't take long for him to notice my postcode on my CV and start talking <laughs> about Coventry City um and the interview didn't deviate far from from that topic for for the next sort of 10 or 15 minutes um and then again worked all summer was lucky enough to be offered a full-time position at the end working in our schools and working in our holiday camps leading activities yeah um, and then have progressed almost into every position in the business from there. Um, so, yeah, worked with our apprenticeship program training and, and tutoring those. I've worked in our operational teams from a central operations position to regional management to head of operations. Um, now working in our um, talent team and, and heading that up, but I've had a a slight deviation into project work for the previous 12 months so you know have been given some great opportunities but have have hopefully jumped jumped to all of them and hopefully done reasonably well if they keep giving me these opportunities <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah so that's where it's that's where it's been what why so I, I, it's quite, I find myself asking this question lots of people that's the sat in that chair so far why do you think that these these um opportunities have been presented to you what is it about you do you think that you've brought to the roles that you've had which meant you've had the progression you've had yeah it's it's it's, it's a difficult one to 
reflect on over such a period of time but I think there is a consistent sort of thread through all of it which is enthusiasm for the for the organization and what we do yeah um, and and part of my enthusiasm for the organization is to try and give people the opportunities that I've had and part of that is luck being in the right place at the right time and over the years there's been a hell of a lot of people that are better than I am in this organization that have uh, done their time and moved on to bigger and better things but I seem to have been sat at the right level at the right time to be given the opportunity um, and I think that a little bit of it's luck but a little bit is enthusiasm and also I think one of the things I'm strong at doing is getting a message and getting it done and when you're in a small organisation that's growing and growing and turning into a medium organisation and you need people that are going to get stuff done along the way and I think that I've been able to demonstrate that that is a key trait of what I do no matter what sort of field of work it's it's been in it's it's you know getting getting the outcomes mm. uh, when they're needed um, I think that's probably been that and a bit of luck have, uh, have put <laughs> me in the right in the right place you keep saying luck there's also um, hopefully I'm going to be saying probably, too, probably overstep my boundaries as, as a host when I say this but there's also a trust and a relationship strength about you as well that I've always found a delight and a pleasure to work with you. you 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 just have this way about you that you build great relationships and there's a trust element to you exceptionally good at what you do yeah and I think that's probably a I hope it's a personal trait rather than something that's, that's, that's straight fair. to work you know I, <laughs> you want to get along with people and that might mean you have to have difficult conversations at time yeah, and true. bring things back in line but ultimately you're in these sorts of relationships and partnerships to to have a common goal and and as long as everyone's clear about that then you're able to bring people on the journey and I think when again when you talk about things with passion and enthusiasm which hopefully I've done over the years yeah you get people on that journey and then as long as you're not you know telling them some porkies that that, that you know build the dream up too much as long as you're being realistic with it as well you know I was doing some interviews on on Monday talking about how great it is to work with kids but yeah. caveat that with it's probably the hardest job you're going to ever have yeah absolutely. <laughs> so um yeah making sure that that there's there's the enthusiasm and the dream but also there's some realism to what we're doing amazing a couple of follow-up questions if I may but about those things so Actually, before I do that, can you tell us a little bit more about, about JAG? So people just obviously understand a bit more about what, what, what the, offer, the um, offering is. Um, and then your, your role within that. So a couple of extensions of what I want to ask around that point as well. Yeah. So JAG or Junior Ventures Group are a um, childcare, children's activities provider. We work across the UK. Um, to cut a very long story short, we ultimately provide sort of um, wraparound before and after school yeah. care for primary school aged children and holiday camp activities, uh, again, for primary school aged children. As well as that, we do school services whereby we do lunchtime activities, curriculum PE, PPA cover, um, anything that's going to support a school to support and nurture their children and again we we can be flexible again when you've got a workforce like ours that have real some of them have very niche skill sets that schools can tap into and um we are we are keen to support schools in any any way we can on a local or nice. or national level okay and your role oh yeah my role so i'm head of talent and retention again only relatively recently joined that that team um and ultimately oversee our recruitment teams and strategies and partnerships 
where we hopefully have some some real good attraction uh, campaigns and, and and partners that help us bring in some really good good people. Hundred percent. Has it's one of the critical areas I want to speak to you about is we're always trying to find that unique angle with every guest that comes in there's a consistency of just being exceptional what they do great people great personalities and i know the wisdom you guys have all passed on is amazing so far but for you almost is that you're the first person you've had on who's had a really extremely strong operational background you've done the job you became a region manager head of and then moved into recruitment has that background almost influenced how you've done the recruitment role, or how you see recruitment, now you're starting to be responsible for that as well. Does that, does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. No, absolutely. And it's something in, in, in operations, that especially dealing with um, schools who are also, you know, let's face it, are struggling with uh, recruitment yeah. and retention and finding good quality people that they can trust and, and stick with, um, is that, you know, I've always said in, 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 in our operational, in my operational world, is that you find a good person and people will want them to work in their schools because schools are all about good people that, that want to work with children and, and bring a great experience to the children in their, in yeah, their care. And so bringing that focus into the, the recruitment side of things has, is, is the big focus. Let's find good people. And if I'm honest, we can worry about exactly what job they might end up in at a later date because with good people, they've got the passion, they've got the... A sort of flexible set of skills and again with with the program that we provide we're not looking for one person with a set of qualifications necessarily we're Absolutely. looking for people that can do a little bit of everything but are ultimately meet the values of the organization and um, what that means is it means that yeah we're looking for great people rather than here's a job let's find 10 people to fill it let's find great people and you know put them to the jobs and Absolutely. I think that it's certainly helped have better conversations because then also in terms of retention you're you're having a discussion around what works best for that person rather than how they fit in with the business sometimes and and therefore with our work you have some people on part-time contracts yeah. we have people on full-time contracts we have people on casual seasonal we've got so much variety to how we employ people which our payroll department don't necessarily enjoy uh, with when payroll comes along, but in terms of an operational way of working, it's it's great because it's it flexibility. Be so it suits so many different types of people as well. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and it really means that in, again, in terms of our strategies, it sometimes means we have to be a bit more uh, varied in how we go and get people. Yeah. But what it does mean, it means when we find a great person, we're just having conversations around how we can best get them what they want, and yeah. that is really great as well for our for our operators now to know that they can have conversations around people and we can try and fit things in and make it work around them and hopefully then in, in retention it's working for them it's working for us and we keep older people yeah i remember when i obviously when i created a few before the what the two things what kept in mind one is is the variety of it you can appeal to not just the classic type of person you think it's going to it can appeal to so many different people different points of their life but in terms of it being the right person, the acid test I always used to have in my head was, would I want this person teaching my children? That's almost that acid test continuously that makes you send the right types of people to you. Absolutely, it, yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, and then yeah. I'm in the fortunate position that my son attends our clubs <laughs> now. And I have to say that first day dropping him off, I, you know, I still had those first day parent nerves where yeah. you're thinking, oh God, are they going to enjoy it? Because if they don't, 
you know, I could be in a bit of trouble here. Of course, they're going to enjoy it because I know the people. And and it meant that, uh, you know, he, we now have to play Jag games at home. We did the register in his little notebook. Love it. It's, you know, talk about <laughs> bringing your work home with you. I'm getting forced it on me from my kid, but it just shows how much fun they can have. And again, it also, you know, when we are recruiting people and people are asking about our experiences, I tell them this is yeah. what my kid says <laughs> which I gives it some realism hopefully as well I promise I will move on to a, another question soon but I, yeah. I keep finding these threads I want to ask you about but you, you mentioned about the, how much you love working with children you made you, you say you always wanted to do jobs that you enjoyed what is it about working with children for you that's so enjoyable and I guess if you don't mind extension after that is um, why do you think it would might, might appeal to other people why should people work in the sector yeah I think um for the reason I enjoy it so much is the consistent variety is the way I've always coined coined it. You know, people want consistency in their lives and kids need consistency Absolutely. in terms of their programmes and how they do things and That's really important, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But variety keeps things interesting. <laughs> and and if, if you can have the consistency and, and the structure in place that's that is consistent but within that, you're adding variety in terms of the types of activities, the way you're trying, you're 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 doing things, the uh, the subjects that you're getting across to the kids. Yeah. It means that every day is different, and where we, you know, where where I used to most enjoy things is when it was that sort of routine, but trying new things, constantly adding new activities in. And it just meant that every day you felt like you were doing something a little bit better than the day before or a little bit different. And actually, well, actually that didn't work, but that's okay. Yeah. Because there's another lesson in 10 minutes or there's another activity session in five minutes. So actually I'm gonna just tweak it slightly. Maybe use that uh, learnings from another sport or another type of activity or another group of children from a different club that I've worked in previously. And actually I'll try that this time. Oh great, that worked kids are loving it yeah and that gives you an absolute buzz when you're constantly sort of able to utilize your skills and have that immediate feedback it's absolutely amazing nice you know yes it's hard middle of january you know gritting a playground because the hall is being used for a uh the christmas play or whatever you know yes there's moments where you're thinking oh it's gonna be dark in five minutes and i've still got another three lessons or three activities to to do it does have its challenges, but you know, you put a set of gloves on and a hat and a wrap up warm and you jump around the playground. What's better? What that, could be possibly better than that? That's where the love comes in, isn't it? The amount of people, again, that's been sat in that chair, we've talked about doing, follow what you love, do what mm. you love, do what you enjoy. It makes it easier to cope with situations like that, doesn't it? Absolutely. Although I'm saying it from someone who's never been in the playground <laughs> at 3 pm in the dark thinking about a lesson. Yeah, no, no absolutely. And um, it, it, that is, again, once you get that sort of buzz. From it, and again, you probably have it with people, parents coaching their football teams or doing, you know, kids parties and these sorts yeah. of things. You know, you can see how people get the bug and then want to keep doing it and want to keep doing it because it is, yeah, there is no better sort of gratification than than seeing that that group of kids absolutely loving what what they're doing and and again wanting to do more, wanting to do uh, another nice. round of dodgeball or another you know arts and craft session or whatever it might be. What's been your best career decision so far? Um, I think that, um, yeah, so taking the opportunity for Warwick District Council all those years ago, you know, a friend of, a friend asked me, oh, that this, I did this before, I think you'd be great, do you fancy doing it? You know, I am an ard around it a lot because it wasn't something that I'd done previously. Yeah. Um, and I said, yeah, I'll go and do it. And again, that just sort of triggered 
the sort of the rest of my career sort of falling into place really nice. and um so that was a that was a key decision that I'm I'm glad I took the other one was when the opportunity came around to step away from physically delivering in schools as my schedule and going into the operational team uh, at fit for sport um that was a key decision again we'd had a a lot of people come and go from that department because it was hard at that time you know you were ultimately one person overseeing the whole of uh, the operations of mm. of the business um and that was a key a key decision for me to make and for the business to make to put a lot of trust and faith in that I was the right person but I still remember the conversation being had you know uh you know about Alex you know we need someone who's going to be on the phone talking to people uh, giving time to people and making sure that we are reattaching our workforce to the business rather than being nice. so sort of isolated in their schools and working for the school but yeah. actually working for us but they feel like they work for the school and um you know whether I actually then did that over a period of time I was very young naive and and probably learned the hard way that you know uh, that sort of role doesn't always smell of roses and you're having to deal with some difficult situations and, and you can't necessarily always give people the time that you want them to. But that was a key decision on my then journey, taking on that additional responsibility, having to then try and manage people that I, two weeks before, had been stood next to delivering activities, yeah. working in a kids' camp with. That was a real moment of, of uh, sort of notable differentiation within my career. But it's a loop, isn't it? Once you're exposed to it, once you've got abilities that you're exposed to, it's that loop you get better and better and better yeah, as time yeah. goes oh, on. Oh, and I look back at some of the decisions or choices that I made then and I think, oh my word, what a, what a bad decision that was. But, you know, you, you learn from it and you hope that along the way it hasn't impacted too many people in the wrong way, but that you take it on and you learn and you move on and you hope that, again, with the relationships that I've got, you know, I, I don't get too many uh, problems over those sorts of things over the past and I've always got an amicable relationship with people and Amazing. yeah so you, you, you move on. Today's podcast is sponsored by Share the Love. Share the Love is our way of making a difference. For every placement we make with love recruitment or love care recruitment we plant 50 trees. To find out more head to our Share the Love section of one of our websites. So as we stand in the industry kind of at the moment, and obviously now you're running the recruitment for JAG, obviously a huge operation, what are some of the challenges that you, you're facing at the moment in terms of recruitment within childcare? Yeah, so it's a real tough industry at the moment specifically to to recruit and it has been for a, a number of a number of years linked to sort of education and, and yeah. nurseries you know we're seeing a similar pattern in in all of them it's it's hard and 100 yeah and so the one of the biggest challenges that we've had over the years is almost people not realizing that their background their skill set can be can be transferred into childcare. you know again we there isn't a, a long list of qualifications that people have. There yeah. isn't, and, unless you're going into work in early years and nurseries and those sorts of things, but that sort of pathway is already mapped out for people. For sort of primary aged childcare, there, there isn't a long list of definite routes into it. And so, you know, for example, our, our workforce is made up of a whole variety of different 
people and, and, and journeys that they've been on in their careers from people who are qualified teachers who you know don't actually want to do that anymore for a variety of reasons Absolutely. and have, have come into what we do we've got childcare workers play workers um, people that have worked in local authorities history uh, historically and have uh, have moved into you know when when school contracts change and those sorts of things we've we've um, taken those those guys on to keep the clubs open and, and make sure their employment is is secure we've then had people that have come through sports coaching backgrounds drama you know arts art degrees and um, yeah, a whole host of different different routes. And again, my route has come from sports coaching, um, and and specifically sort of team sports, football, rugby. Yeah. But again, adapting that and and using a similar uh, sort of sort of coaching teaching formula of how you get that information across to children, how you adapt sessions, how you make them specific to certain groups of children or differentiate them for a, a wider group of children but to keep them all active active and engaged it's the same things that you would do when you're sort of designing the the room that you have in a in a in a more traditional sort of play work environment you know yeah. you want variety you want safety uh, and you want some fun activities that are going to get the kids hearts racing and then some quieter activities that you that you want but you also want variety to sort of mean that that all the children have, have got activities that they can they can engage in and, and try some new things as well so lots of the skill sets are similar across those platforms but people don't necessarily think that oh i've got a football coaching badge or i've got a gymnastics award or i've got a play worker award therefore I'm going to go into childcare. Absolutely, you know, they, they don't put necessarily those two things together, but the the opportunities are amazing out there for those people. Again, like if I was football coaching, it used to be one hour on a Wednesday night and maybe a couple of hours on a Saturday. Well, that isn't necessarily enough to be a career, and the opportunities to make it a career are potentially limited in in terms of the the, the volume of people yeah. that have those sorts of awards. When actually there are full time permanent opportunities in childcare where you're effectively doing similar yeah. or the same types of activities so um, um, yeah how we go out and get them is is, is a different story but that's um, that's my job <laughs> yeah. there's also I think sometimes people are unaware of some of the routes that go into it you for them to discover what's actually on offer so for example summer camp recruitment so summer camps away for people often sometimes you mentioned about a teacher earlier the amount of times we've put people in there who have teaching they didn't realize they can do that alongside that or other other backgrounds they'll work for the summer then go oh i can stay on afterwards i can do more things like that they realize that there's actually these jobs available to mm -hmm. them so that route in to do some full-time work over the summer gives them the opportunity to discover all the other roles within term time is that fair to say yeah absolutely yeah. and um again we have we have people that have joined us in term time only capacity um who you know maybe just are available after school but in the holidays they can bring their kid to the Absolutely. camp and then all of a sudden they've got access to full-time work for 12 weeks of the year and so um yeah having having the the seasonal varieties and actually the the variety across the day it works for different people in different ways and again speaking earlier about how uh, you know we we try and make things specific to the the person and then sort of see what they can do to to support us is key around that as nice. well We've all had influences on our career. I always like to get into the detail about what, who, who, when, why, what people have influenced people in their careers. Who's kind of had a really big influence on you and why? What, how have they influenced you? What have you picked up from these people? Yeah, so um, 
I mean, again, some of the names I'm going to share are obviously people that have been on here before, but again, have, have worked very closely and been a real big part of my career. Prior to my involvement with the, lots of those people, so when I was lifeguarding, there was a, um, a, a colleague called Simon Duckham. He was sort of the, the, man, the duty manager that I worked on his shift, and he had a huge impact on, on, on the enjoyment and yeah. sort of it gave me a real example of how you can be professional you can work hard but you can have fun while you do it and when you've got a real good team of people that are all backing each other that was created by his leadership and and looking back you know I was 17 or whatever at the time he wasn't thinking that way but looking back it certainly gave me lots of the traits that I try and bring into my own teams and and nice. some sort of work ethic now and that's that's one of the critical things for me it's then you take that you are you're conscious of it but you then pass that into your leadership style going forward yeah absolutely it's important we get all those different sources isn't it yeah definitely and a lot of it you know you'll be doing without even realizing and again it's similar to what you do in coaching you know people always go on coaching courses and think they'll be a great coach it's not about that. It's about taking what the learnings off that course and implementing it into your style and your personality and making sure that you take other things from other people, but you don't take everything. You take that bit that's going to work with your style and, and with the kids that are in front of you. And you might you might do things differently for the different people that are in, in front of you. Um, and uh, I think that's certainly something that's that I've taken into my work with kids and being adaptable to the to the nice. situation that you find yourself in, um, but also to then how you deal with the relationships with head teachers, Ofsted, our workforce, different managers, you know, over the years as well. And, and on that as well, the second person was a guy called Rob Betts, who was one of the first people I worked with at Fit for Sport. Okay. And that was almost the moment where I thought, wow, like this can be a career. Nice. And I can be as potentially as good as he is because sort of under his wing and learning pretty quickly but it made me go actually this is this is a proper job this is now something I want to do yeah um and that was a real great moment I don't know if there was a sort of penny drop moment with him or whether it was over a period of time but it was certainly um it's certainly pinpoint that as yeah definitely yeah. that was that was the person who was like yeah actually this is going to be this is going to be good and again it got me got me more into doing football coaching as well yeah and then I was on started doing my coaching qualifications you know ended up on my UEFA B license and and was making that a real uh, concerted effort to 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 at that phase of my career put a lot of time and effort into that you know we ran a football team outside of work nice. we started up a, a, a team for work for the kids that came to the clubs and that was um you know that was brilliant working alongside him for that period of time and then I had the fortune of Jack Shakespeare joining the organisation and at that time it was my turn time to go and run a club separate from Rob and some of the other people that I've been working with previously and then me and Jack hit it off and had probably the best four or five years working in, together in schools and camps and what a guy. Uh, yeah and, and again when you're when you're on that crest of the wave you need someone who's going to be on that journey with you and hopefully we sort of uh, took each other on on that journey for a period of time and then yeah. again seeing seeing Jack go into the training department at Fit for Sport and I carried on teaching because I was very much that was my passion um, but also then having Jack as an advocate in a slightly more senior position was great when it was then my opportunities came along um, having Jack sort of talk about uh, about me to that senior leadership team as well was was a great kickstart to, nice. to the next phase of, of my career 
um, which was has been really important. But again, when you work with a few people like that, it's it's it puts you in, in sort of yeah. A good I guess road. this ties in really nicely with where I was going next. It's the for someone who's progressed consistently within the same business. So there's a lot of people that are within a role and they are struggling to progress. What are there one, two, three tips almost or guidance you can give to people in terms of you might be feeling frustrated that they can't progress internally, there's opportunities maybe aren't coming their way. Are there any sort of tips or hints or guidance you can give to those people? Yeah, I think um, the first one is, you know, stick to your values and your and your beliefs. And if yeah. the opportunities aren't coming your way for other reasons, then, you know, if you, if you stick to your beliefs and your, and your values as a person, then they will come, the right ones will come your way. But yeah. also, you need to give yourself a platform to be recognised and to be noticed. And again, someone else, obviously, who we mentioned previously, has had a huge impact on my career is Craig Jones. He's basically my line manager <laughs> for 15 years. Um, and... Uh, you know, I've always had a very open dialogue with that with that person, whether he wanted it or not, or not. But um, you know, you've I'm pretty got, sure he's did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully, but again, that conversation wasn't always about the here and now. It was about the future, and you know, my my passion and, and desire. And again, I used to say, you know, you hear a lot of people talking about are wanting to do more constantly. Well. I didn't always want to do more. I used to say I never want to sit behind a desk. I will always be in a playground or in a field or in a school hall working with kids and coaching with kids. But I always had that dialogue that at some point I will want to step up. And I think it's really key for someone, especially if you are inexperienced or you um, or you don't necessarily have that relationship with your line manager or, or some of the some of the people in the higher infrastructure is actually go out and try and do it because once you're noticed and then you are um you know you are on their radar you can have those slightly more open yeah. dialogues and, and make sure that that you are constantly communicating to them again not about negative stuff but about how passionate you are to to do what you're doing now but that you know when there are opportunities up the, up the road you want to talk to them about it and again it. doesn't mean you're going to get them no but keep putting keep putting yourself out there, letting them know. Not that you're going to leave. Not that you're sort of giving them a, 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 a you need to do this or I'm going kind of vibe. You know, you're enjoying what you're doing now, and that's amazing. But keep talking about the future and, and what you can what you can do. So staying true to your values, forming relationships, obviously with your key line managers, also vocalising the future and actually talking about it. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You don't have to hide Great away advice. that you're 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 wanting to have a career in, yeah. this, in this industry. This and, is what I want next. Absolutely. What I'm hoping for next. Yeah, definitely. And, and yes, that means that you might have to take some on some additional responsibility initially to sort of earn the trust and, and show that you mean business. But, you know, that's, that's all part of a career, a career journey. Okay, good. Any influences you've had in terms of books or podcasts or anything you listen to that's helped shape you or shape your style? Yeah, so... I'll be honest, books aren't my strong point, but there, there is a couple that have that I've read over a period of time uh, that I've thought actually this is this is either mirroring sort of my beliefs and therefore yeah. it sort of solidifies that belief or has has opened my eyes to a, a slightly different way of looking at things. And I think when you're working with people, you've got to have that empathy and understanding that face value isn't necessarily what is happening in their life and you have to sort of be understanding yeah, about that and support that. where you can so one is a book about Tyler ha by Tyler Hamilton the cyclist who was linked with the sort of Lance Armstrong yeah. situation he, the book's called The Secret Race and yeah. in that he talks about his values 
ironically that we just mentioned it but he talks about a lot about his values and how he he got into cycling because he loved it and he was good at it and it gave him an outlet and all these sorts of things and then all of a sudden he entered a race with some European he's from America, North America uh, with some European cyclists and these guys are sprinters and they're climbing up a mountain faster than he is you know what's going on next thing you know he's at the back of the race consistently about to lose his career and he's not even started it yet and he had a decision to make do I do what they're doing and start doping and, and carry on my career because none of them are getting caught or do I give up and go and do something else and you know he chose rightly or wrongly wrongly to go and start doping mm. to, to, to be able to continue his career but looking at it I get it that is your career it's what you've loved it's what you've wanted to do forever and you've got an opportunity and to be able to do it he made a decision that he will look back on forever and regret obviously yeah but when you're dealing with people you've got to understand that there are other factors going on in in their lives and he desperately wanted that career and he made a bad decision and he will regret it forever but and when, and when you're looking at your own career you've got to real and, and and the people that you're managing and, and working with you've got to realize that they are trying to race their own race and try and do things and actually by staying true to your own beliefs you won't have those horrible regrets okay. you'll always think i've done that for the right reason so I, for, I, for someone in it staying true to your values for someone who's maybe listened to runs teams is be aware of everyone's got their own run their own race absolutely and absolutely and and you know you if you're given that true reflection of of your values your team are, mirror, are mirroring that and making yeah. it clear that you know if they need support you talk to them you don't force them down an alley of, of having to do yeah. things that they don't want to do and, and making sure that yeah you have that empathetic open relationship with your, with your team where you can and um, support them rather nice. than ne necessarily forcing them to do things but also again looking at that decision he had to make you know when you when you want something really badly you have a decision to make and it's links to a song by Bruce Springsteen as well he's a big big uh, hero of mine where he talk, uh, in, in a song called Atlantic City talks about you know not falling the wrong side of the line and I always reference that when I'm thinking about some decisions you know where's the line I want to be on the right side of that line sort of in my own okay. conscience and quickly what was the second book Oh, the second book, yeah. Uh, Ned Bolting, again, another cycling book, How I Won the Yellow Jumper. Um, again, and this is about when there's an opportunity that you don't necessarily think that you might be ready for, sometimes it's good to go for it. Nice. And, and he, he was a football reporter traditionally, uh, and he got the opportunity to go and work on the Tour de France as the reporter at the finish line. And hence the reason the title of the book is How I Won the Yellow Jumper. <laughs> He asked someone, how does it feel to win the yellow jumper, not knowing that it's not called that. Um, and, and sort of showed how out of his depth he might have been, but with a great personality, building great relationships. You know, 25 years later, he's now commentating on all the big races. He's spent his last 20 years working in that industry nice. and is, like that. is well respected and, and just has an absolute passion for that linked with having fun. Okay. And, you know, when you've got those two things, you're on to a winner. Okay. Let's, talk, let's go through some tips and some guidance for people. So in terms of CVs, firstly, now it's a bit, it's a bit of a catch-22 for this one because 
come into your business certainly at the entry level role and the man it's, it's all about it's more about the person it's less about the cv however you've hired hundreds if not thousands of people over the years and obviously now doing the role that you're doing are there any tips from a cv point of view that you'd pass on to people to how to put it together what it should look like what you look for what does good look like yeah so for me a cv is can be a touch point as to whether you are thought about or not and literally as quick as a look at career history who you've worked for what qualifications you've got the type of person that you are and you've got to try and get that across in two pages max ideally and so there's there's there's, there's two real clear things that i want to see from when i'm looking at a cv it's got to be clear what you've what you've done uh, and, and in, a, in a format that makes that very um, easy to digest very quickly um, but also it needs to have an opportunity to elaborate on other things that you've done outside of work and and if you can put those two two sections in a real clear concise um, format you're on to a winner because then people get a feel for you as a person and they get a feel of where you're at in your career and those two things are absolutely key in a, absolutely. in a in a, in a, in a um, a sector where there is a lot of variety and there's a lot of people that again may have huge lists of qualifications and those sorts of things and that's great but also especially at a company like ours we are looking for the personality the type of people that we want to be part of our team and so yeah those two key things are, are big I think it's hugely underrated in terms of the the personal stuff. I've spoken about it with a lot with a lot of people. I think people just leave it out, or they or they think it's just a bit of an average thing to put at the end of the CV. It's not. No. You can bring yourself alive in those sections. In those sections. Absolutely. And also, you know, in our in our industry, people might have a CV that um, is not linked to what we do. As I said previously, you know, there's lots of different ways that you've come in. So make it specific to the role or the organisation that you are work you are applying for. And that doesn't mean you have to rewrite your whole CV every time. It means enhance those areas that are specific to what you're going for okay. and, and make sure that it's noticeable. How about someone who's preparing for an interview? They might have an interview later on today or tomorrow. Yeah, again, so I was, I was thinking about this in, in relation to me and, and what I would want people sat opposite me to ask me and, and what, I'd want, what I'd expect them to know. And, and for me, the candidate having a a knowledge of the organization is absolutely key what our values are and how they feel they portray those values themselves either in personal life or in in a work capacity because um, that's going to show that they they really understand what we do and what we're about yeah and again it's a 10 minute look on a website normally the about us page traditionally um, but just go and yeah in in, in enable yourself to be able to talk confidently about the business and again i'm not talking about huge amounts of detail but what is it that makes that business tick it's their values it's their mission statement make sure you know them and make sure you can link your life to them also yeah. normally you're going to know who's going to be interviewing you and so if you can go on linkedin find out where they have previously worked where they're from what university or education they may have had previously it can give you that common ground which when you're trying to have a real personable conversation with someone to show them you're more than just a cv um that can give you some common ground that you can lead on nice. or in the questions at the end you can ask them about oh how is your experience of this oh i see you did this and that will elevate you above other people nice 
Really good advice. Thank you for that. Um, so much knowledge and tips and everything's been passed on so far. If there was one thing that either you have said or haven't said you'd want to leave people with, make sure they remember something you said so far, or if you could almost go back and give a bit of advice to your 21-year-old self, almost you can answer the question how you want to. What would be that one piece of advice? What would be that one piece of knowledge? Yeah, I would say, in terms of advice, I'd say you want a career that's going to be fun because it's a long career. And certainly when you're starting out, you know, you want to make sure that's fun and then you're enjoying what you're doing because you've still got another 50 years to go. <laughs> <laughs> and so you want to make sure that you carry that enjoyment for as long as you possibly can. In yeah, absolutely. Circumstances and, and personal life and all the things that you might need to change your job. But uh, try and keep that element of fun going through whatever it is. Um, and then I would also say that you don't have to take every opportunity that comes your way. Nice. If you are really nice. enjoying where you're at at the moment, keep doing it if you can. You know, because again, it's a long, there's a long way till the end of your career potentially. If you're really enjoying something and you feel that you're in the right place at the right time, you don't need to do anything differently. Keep enjoying it because if you're the right person and you you show in that passion and enthusiasm. There will be more opportunities that, that that come your come your way, and especially if you're having that sort of open dialogue about where you're at in your career and what you want to do in the future. But when the right time comes, absolutely jump at it. Wise words. Yeah, That's I hope so. <laughs> Final question we always ask um, is: Is there if there's anybody else you've come across in your career so far, in your journey so far, that you think would make a great guest on Love Your Career podcast? Is there anybody you'd recommend? Yeah, I mean, I thought about this. I mean, the obvious answer is obviously yourself, Lawrence. <laughs> love, love to hear of some of the uh, some of the gems you've uh, you've had over the year. I appreciate um, it. But that's probably a bit cheesy. So, I think that um, there. I mean, there's a whole host of different people I've worked with over the years, but someone I've I've never worked with, but have huge respect and admiration for what they do and how they've done it is a gentleman named Gary Laybourne. Okay. His office is only around the corner from here. Nice. He works um, in in training, apprenticeships, giving young opportunities to young people that is amazing, commendable. The effort he puts in, the, the passion that he speaks about, the knowledge, it's absolutely amazing. And, wow. and yeah, we'd, we'd love to hear more from him on his journey. Take, take it as read, thank you very much. Honestly, thank you so much for your time today. So much information that people could take away from today, I'm certain. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to Love Your Career podcast. I hope you enjoyed um, Alex's as much as I enjoyed the conversation with him as usual here my three key takeaways from that episode the first one what i loved was how he talked throughout about the importance of of the people around him and also in slight i guess slightly more specifically people like jack who advocated and progressed him in his career and the importance of that my second uh takeaway was um his tips for both TV formation and preparation for interviews. I think there were real and genuine clear tips and, and hints in that advice and certainly, certainly ones that I would advocate as well. And lastly, 
uh, my third my third takeaway was his advice for his 21-year-old self. It was just refreshing and honest and authentic. And I really, really appreciated it. So thanks, Alex. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Love Your Career. And we will um, see you next time. This is the Love Your Career podcast. The point of this podcast is simple. Listen to leaders, their stories, and improve your career.